Our scripture lesson today uh, comes from John chapter 3. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come to us from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. And Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after they have grown old? Can someone enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said this to you. You must be born from above or born again. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes or where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus said to them, How can this be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and you do not understand these things? Very truly, I will tell you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen. Yet you do not receive our testimony. If I told you about earthly things and you did not believe, how can you believe when I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except for the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have life eternal. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever so believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. That's today's uh, lectionary text. And now, the, the last few uh, verses are very important. They're not in any lectionary, but I'll read them here. Whoever believes in him isn't judged. Whoever doesn't believe in him is already judged because they do not believe in the name of God's only Son. This is the basis for judgment, the light that came into the world and people who love darkness more than the light, for their actions are evil. All who do wicked things hate the light and don't come to the light for fear of their actions will be exposed by the light. Whoever does uh, the truth comes to, to the light that they may see it in their actions were done in the name of God. There's an old uh, Negro spiritual called Who Will Be a Witness for My Lord? Anybody ever sang it in a choir setting? All right, go home and YouTube it. Who will be a witness for my Lord is a great, fantastic song. In the song, there's a section where the basses uh, sing, Nicodemus was a man who desired to know how a man can be born when he's old. And the tenors come on and say, Christ told Nicodemus as a friend, man, you must be born again. Marvel not, be wise, repent, believe, and be baptized. Then you'll be a witness for my Lord. This text is dripping with imagery of baptism, confirmation, repentance. 
We are baptized into a community, born again. We're confirmed into the church, born again, right? By water and by spirit. I think this text makes profound sense. That if you're going to walk in any kind of new way, you have to be born again and shed some things that are old. Way back in the day, I did Olympic weightlifting. In uh, college, I was actually the 13th in the entire United States for it. I trained twice a day, and I had to be born into it. I did not like working out. I hated it, but I kept doing it (laughs) and doing it and over and over, and I had to shed uh, the old me who just wanted to sit on the couch and watch uh, TV or video games. And I had to be born again into a process uh, where a coach would like physically hit me with one of those yard candy canes if I dropped a weight. I had to be born again into this new uh, discipleship. I had to compete in a weight class, which means the day before a meet, I couldn't have fried chicken. It's a new way of evaluating life. And I had to choose an order to maximize the training. I had to cultivate newness and new habits and new people. Addicts in recovery get this. If you're trying to quit an addiction, you can't hang out with the same people that you were hanging out in the first place. You'll fail. You have to be born again into a world that is opposite of the addiction. You have to find groups of individuals that face the same daily challenge with a focused goal on conquering the the addiction. This is why the recovery community says quitting isn't hard. It's the staying quit that's hard. I can testify uh, to that personally. In college, in undergrad, I started drinking heavily. And it wasn't until after uh, grad school that I admitted that I was an alcoholic. And through rises and failures and whatnot, I've uh, found my way back to sobriety for years. But the reality is you have to be born again. I had to leave the friend groups behind that I would call up and say, hey, do you want to go to the bar? I had to admit that to my family. Right? That's hard. I had to admit that to my employer. It's hard. People who don't get this, crash dieters. Have you ever said to yourself on New Year's, I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year. And then January 1, you find yourself at a donut shop. <laughs> New Year's resolution, folks, typically fail because you don't want to be born again. Right? Everybody wants to lose 20 pounds. No one wants to avoid barbecue. Okay? You're going to have to eat less, but the chances are you're still going to go out and eat at your regular places because where you live and the habits that we've all grown into are dependent upon the communities that we live in. So if you're going to diet, chances are uh, you have to be born again into it. Choose new restaurants to go to. Choose healthier options, and you have to rearrange your entire life to do that, which is why most people fail because we want to wake up and say, I want to go to Starbucks today or something like that. Trust me, folks, I want to lose 50 pounds. I also like fried food. 
fried okra is a vegetable, right? <laughs> Ranch dressing that you dip it in, not a vegetable. But you have to return to meals that help you diet. And let's turn our attention to the church. Most churches, this might not be you, you know, I don't know. Most churches gather weekly. The same people show up every week. Most churches have Bible studies every week. Where the same people show up and study the Bible over and over and over and over again. And we call it discipleship. If everyone in your Bible study is already a Christian, you're not discipling anybody. Yeah. You're just repeating religion. Bible studies are meant to prepare you to go out and serve the world. And yet we've made Bible studies something where you come here and hunker down away from the world. Paul taught Timothy the Bible so that Timothy could go out and serve. The apostles taught Paul the Bible, and he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Your Bible study should propel you into the community, not to draw you away from it, right? So in the name of discipleship, stop gathering around the same tables with the same people. You're not discipling anybody. That's not what Bible study's for. We're in small groups with the same people. And yet we're resistant to be born again. We want to see God show up in our lives in extravagant ways, yet we are unwilling to change the way we show up for God. Today's text says, So God so much loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not die but have eternal life. We see it written across athletes' faces and under their eyes. John 3.16, probably the most famous and quoted Bible verse. And in Philippians, it says that God denied God's self, God denied himself of his godliness and humbled God's self to be born again as a mortal. Our God is willing, Christ was willing to be born again out of the godliness into mortality that we might have life too. That God opened up the divine body, the immortal presence of God, to allow death to be within that body. That's how much God loves you. God was born again to know what mortality is like. But we are not always willing to reciprocate the same humbleness and humility. I think it has to do a lot with the last four verses of Scripture. We love darkness. And we are unwilling at times to be born again. Is your money born again? Are your investments born again? See, my wife and I, she's a pastor. I used to be a pastor. We're looking at uh, our own uh, retirement investment through the conference. And I was wondering what companies we were supporting for financial gain. Are we invested in companies that make war? Are we invested in companies that function off the back of, child, of children and slaves? 
Are our stocks profiting off the downtrodden? Is it born again? And how can we make our money born again? Is your internet search history born again? What if your spouse or friend viewed your private browser? Is it born again? Is your marriage born again? Or are you talking to someone you know that you shouldn't outside of it? Is what you share on social media born again? Are you sharing half-truths or political lies? Are you sharing things that you know to be untrue simply because they support your view? Are your conversations born again? Do you talk to people as if Jesus was right there alongside you, where two or three are gathered? Or do you talk to folks in a different way? Is your view of others born again? Or do you believe that there are certain kinds of people beneath you? Is our society born again? Is our church, the United Methodist Church, born again? Right now, everybody has probably heard about the general conference that is coming up and this way of separation in the United Methodist Church uh, with the UMC and the WCA going their different ways. And we have spent millions and millions and millions of dollars wondering about people's sexuality. And we have not questioned why the devices in our pockets are killing people. In 2018, 14 Foxconn workers in Wuhan, China, which has made the news for other things in the past month, but 14 workers all got to the top of their buildings and jumped off committing suicide as a way to try to make the paper and show uh, the, the, the working conditions inside an apple factory. And that implicates most of us. We're willing to let the devices in our pocket treat people and the people who make them like garbage, unwilling to question that. But we'll spend millions upon millions of dollars on who loves someone else. Maybe it's time to address the areas in our lives that need to be born again before we think about the things in our neighbors' lives that might have to be born again. My focus on an aspect of this. When I came out as an alcoholic, I had to be born again. I had to leave a lot of friends behind. At my work, they made me check in weekly. I had random uh, checks where I had to blow into one of those breathalyzers. I had to be born again. And it was a good decision for my health and my family. I had recently gone to the doctor and I was uh, facing alcoholic fatty liver disease. And they talked about how if I continued down this path, I was going to kill myself. And folks, that was like the hardest day. I was looking at my wife in the eye and saying, what I had done. 
It was also the day that God's light shone on that darkness in my life and made me come clean. Uh, the typical benediction, may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the Lord lift his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you, is actually much scarier than what we think about it. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and expose you. And may, with what he sees, have grace upon you for the ways in which you need to be born again. It's a much scarier benediction than what we think. But may God expose us to the light, because darkness hates it. And when you come into the light, you can be born again. And it isn't always easy. And I think Nicodemus was terrified by this. Nicodemus was terrified in what Jesus was saying. I think he got it, but he didn't want to get it. Right? No one wants to admit, oh, spouse, uh, I have had an extramarital affair. Or, oh, spouse, I'm addicted to pornography. Or, oh, spouse, you know, or, oh, loved ones, I need help. Nicodemus knew what Jesus was talking about, but didn't really want to go through with it. And some of us are like Nicodemus. We don't want to let go. We don't want to be seen in the light. Jesus was shining a giant construction light on Nicodemus's life, exposing the darkness. And him and the Pharisees didn't like it. But exposure can lead to being born again. Because you've been found guilty, naturally, you want to make things right. And I have to think in the end that Nicodemus finally succumbed to the light. That Nicodemus finally had an intense God encounter here with Jesus in verse 3. Because Nicodemus was with Joseph of Arimathea when they took Jesus' body down from the cross, wrapped it in all the spices, and placed it in the tomb. Nicodemus finally got it. No one liked being called out at first. But 13 chapters later, it seems that Nicodemus got it, got the message. So may God expose you and me as a spiritual fraud that we've probably been and expose us to Christ's love and light so that we may repent Believe and be baptized again. And maybe then, born again, we can be witnesses for our Lord. Amen. Will you pray with me? Merciful God, thank you for the light that pierces the darkness, God. Make that light be a beam into our souls and into our lives and into our hearts to show us the areas, God, that we need you most, that we can proclaim to our church and our loved ones, God, I need you. And I need you now in this part of my life so that I can be a better Christian and a better husband, and a better wife, and a better spouse, a better friend, and a better neighbor. So I can be a better Christian and follow you, God. 
The Lord encounter me like you encountered Nicodemus. And make me see the light and be born again. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you, Andrew. Will you all please stand and join us in our final song?
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance (coughs) upon you and give you peace. Amen. Let your prayer